we don't need to be. God is our creator and made us. And so often we pretend like we have to be a certain person in front of God. Some of my prayers sometimes are like, God, I don't understand what are you doing? And even in just that honesty with God, I think you're still praying. Hello and welcome to the Together podcast, a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. I'm Dan and today I'm back with Kat and Chris. How are you doing guys? Good. Amazing. So <clears throat> recently... <laughs> I just want you, you said amazing very strongly. <laughs> are, we, are we doing this? I think we should. Kat, what, have you, can you tell all of the listeners what, what's happened in the last 24 hours? I might have um, gotten engaged. Woo! Woo! Really, you haven't mentioned it in the last day. <laughs> yeah, I've only been mentioning it every um, five minutes. Congratulations, Thank Kat. you, thank you. It's official. What I a great start to 2020. <laughs> so as well as Kat getting engaged, the other big talking point in the last week or so has been um, awards season. Uh, we've had the Grammys, Oscars. Uh, guys, what do you think? Any favourite winners? Have you? Did you see Parasite? Have you seen that yet? I've not seen it, no. I'm planning to see it very soon. I'm going to plan, in fact, by the time this podcast is out, I will. I think I will have seen it and written an article about it. Wow. How about wow. That? Check That's out the website, yeah. weare.tierfund.org. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, because I assume it's probably going to get a bit more showing now that it's won the Oscar, obviously, because yeah. I don't know if it was in mainstream cinemas that much, but I didn't, I didn't know of it before awards season. Yeah, because I think, because I was reading the other day, people talked about, you know, when they did talk about that box office numbers and all that, how it's mm. like massive the first weekend and it just goes down and down. But it's probably done the complete opposite, hasn't it? Yeah. Like Oscars is just probably like, yeah, just propped it up massively. It. Yeah. <laughs> and did, um, did you think anyone else was snubbed in award season or did you have any particular favourite winners? I still haven't, I haven't seen a lot of films last year. I still haven't watched Toy Story 4. Okay. Did that win an Oscar? It won, I think did it won it? animation, animation, I think. Okay. Um, I watched Queen and Slim the other day. Okay, which is, but I don't know if it was released outside of Oscar, like time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it was really good. I liked that. Okay. It was yeah, very good. Very social justice. You know, right on mm. the money. Talking mm. about uh, ju- criminal, not criminal justice, but like racial injustice in America and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was good. I did feel sorry for Leonardo DiCaprio, who had the starring role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then supporting actor Brad Pitt wins the Oscar. And you can kind of, you know, apparently they're good friends, and I'm sure they're all happy for each other, but you can just kind of, you can kind of see something behind his eyes that's a little bit like, I've got the better role, the lead role here, and I don't have an Oscar for it. Yeah, I mean, he got the Revenant, though, a few years ago, didn't he? He did, yeah. He can chill, Mm. he can relax. (laughs) Maybe if there was a bear in this one, he would (laughs) have I said Billie Eilish got like five Grammys. Did she? Yeah, yeah she did well. She sweeps it. Yeah, that she was mad. What, she's like 17? Yeah. See, that's another situation where like <laughs> if I was watching and I was like a 30-year-old. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, hmm. I'm past 17 now and I don't have five Grammys. <laughs> still time, guys. It's still time. Uh, so today we're hearing from Jo Callender, who works at 24-7 Prayer. So she shared her thoughts on the power of prayer to create a better world. But before we jump into that interview, it's time for What in the World? This is What in the World, where we discuss some of the big talking points from recent news stories. Kat, what are we talking about today? 
The British Museum recently announced that it's cutting its sponsorship deal with BP. One of the world's biggest producers of fossil fuels, which is a big deal, right? The decision was made after activists led a weekend of protests in and outside of the museum, ranging from speeches, sing-alongs, and even bringing their own four-meter Trojan horse. What are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, I think it was, like, really cool. I didn't even know this really happened until I saw it in the news. Um, but it probably just says more about my cultural signet, like my cultural worth, like <laughs> going to museums and stuff. That I do like when I'm on holiday, but for some reason not here. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's really, I think it's really interesting. I think it just shows like how powerful like creative activism can be. You know, I think a lot of the time we think about a protest and it's just get your sign and just stand outside mm. and shout, shout a chant or whatever. But it doesn't always have to be that. Um, in a sense, you know. It's, it's, it's cool, like, looking through the pictures. I, I recommend, like, searching online. Put a, we'll put a link in the show notes. But, um, yeah, looking through the pictures, it looked like people were having a good time. And mm. I think it's important to remember that, you know, we can have a good time trying to make the world a better place. I think it's great to see that, um, you know, these companies are being exposed, really, because I think, yeah, again, like, you don't really see it. And I love that um, young activists are, you know, just exposing these companies being, you know, sponsored by fossil fuels and um, that you don't really see. Mm-hmm. We were talking recently about um, the student campaign, getting mm. universities to divest from fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's good good to see that happening in the wider context. And also this is another example of how kind of creative acti- activism and campaigning really makes a difference. Mm. And I saw um, s- some of that during Brexit by uh, some guys called uh, Led by Donkeys. I don't know if you saw any no. of the stuff that they did. Um, but definitely definitely worth Googling rather than me explaining their, their kind of creative uh, campaigns. But all, all around uh, Donald Trump's visit to the UK and mm. Brexit and that kind of thing. Stuff, stuff that makes you smile and laugh um, and, uh, and makes you really think and grabs your attention and is newsworthy as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed seeing that kind of creative aspect of campaigning and how it really makes mm. a difference. Yeah, and I think it's really good as well because it shows that, you know, I've, I think I always have this in my mind, and I think you hear it a lot on the podcast, of me asking about, you know, whether we put more pressure on individuals to change or put more pressure mm. on companies to change. And I think, obviously, I think the, the answer is both. But I think it just goes to show that you know, the this like our fossil fuel, our fossil fuel fuel industry like extends way past just like a petrol station. Mm. You know, it's part of our literally like our everyday being. And you know, this happened again recently as well, actually, with um, students who uh, asked the Globe Theatre to boycott uh, BP sponsorship as well. And it's funny because they literally went. Out, it was students going out of their way to say, look. I know we get a five pound discount because of this, but we don't care about the discount. We put yeah. we care more about the planet, yeah. and I think it just goes to show that yeah, if we're gonna really see the change that we need in the world, it's gonna mean that sometimes we inconvenience ourselves and inconvenience companies. Some listeners might remember in in 2019 we ran a campaign called the Rubbish Revolution, uh, so basically asking four of the biggest companies in the UK and internationally to really consider how much plastic they're producing and how it's distributed and uh, how it's recycled, um, specifically because of the impact that the plastic and the waste has on people living in poverty. Um, and so we, we'd done a campaign and we'd done a couple of uh, different other bits and pieces and stuff with students as well. And just seeing the impact of that, you know, uh, PepsiCo uh, came back and committed to uh, reducing their use of virgin plastic by 35%. Wow. Unilever did something similar. And 
the the caveat is that's not really going far enough but it is in response to public pressure yeah um and so we're we're really hoping that they'll they'll go well pepsico will go from 35 percent uh to 50 percent reduction of, of virgin plastics because that's what we're asking them to do but the fact that we're putting pressure on them as as tier fund and anyone who's taken part in that campaign and has, uh, signed the petition has has done the same and so these you know uh, unilever and pepsico are big companies uh, coca-cola is another one who've actually done nothing in response to the <laughs> campaign um and in october last year were were named as the world's top polluter of plastic uh, and they're still go. doing nothing about it um and so we've got a little way to go with coca-cola uh, <laughs> yeah. but you kind of see the impact of of campaigning sometimes even if it's not as creative as some of these sing-alongs and and protests mm. it's just putting your name on a on a petition that then is added to tens of thousands of others that that makes that difference so yeah it's it's really encouraging to see for sure yeah looking forward to seeing more of that this year and to come do you know what i mean mm-hmm. definitely i can i can sense it in the air you can sense it is, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. is that a teaser that is a teaser we might be working on a little something Ooh, for a, who knows, for who a knows. campaign coming up um <laughs> which we will share with with podcast listeners first i promise just like <laughs> cat's engagement news haven't even told my mum yet i was gonna say like you've told us like before you've told like some friends and family it's so funny <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's amazing to see the impact every day uh, people are making in, in our journey towards climate justice. Um, and it just goes to show how much power we have when we join together. So someone who knows a lot about uniting people with one purpose is Jo Callender. Have a listen to Chris's interview with her as they discuss the power of uniting in prayer. Hi, I'm Jo Callender and I work at 24-7 Prayer. Awesome. So 24-7 Prayer is kind of like a name that I think most people within the Christian sphere would have come across or known in some way. But for those who haven't, could you explain a bit about 24-7, where it came from and what its aim is? Yeah, great. So 24-7 Prayer began 20 years ago with, yeah, I know, with a bunch of people in a room who wanted to start praying and see what happened. So it was actually in Chichester in the UK, Mm -hmm. and they set up a bunch of prayer stations, activities to help them connect with God. Mm -hmm. And they thought it'll be really fun if we decide to do this in shifts. So take a slot for an hour Mm -hmm. and um, then pass it on to the next person. And they just kept going. They really loved it. And that's how 24-7 Prayer was born. Awesome. Um, a bunch of people are just in a room deciding what would happen if they decided to connect with God yeah. and pray. And what did happen? Did we, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you weren't at that first <laughs> one. But... <laughs> no, I wasn't there. Um, but they just kept going and it took off. Mm. And more and more people all over the world got connected with it. And um, the guy who started it is a guy called Pete Gregg, mm-hmm. um, who's the founder of 24-7 Prayer. And one night when he was in the prayer room, he started writing some stuff down uh, on the wall of the prayer room, actually, which mm. is a little bit rebellious. Um, <laughs> and it's a poem called The Vision. Mm-hmm. And it is just a really honest, exciting declaration of what it would look like for us to wholly follow Jesus. Mm. And he wrote it on the wall of the prayer room and somehow someone got hold of it and it started spreading all over Mm. the world and people were using it in Canada and people were using it in completely different countries. And it became almost like the war cry of Mm. 24-7 in the early days. They said... 
that people were just joining in and realizing that yes we want to pursue Jesus and it starts the vision is Jesus mm. obsessively dangerously undeniably Jesus I love that you see bones I see an army mm. um and throughout the years we've kept coming back to that we just had our 20th uh, birthday celebration congratulations Thank happy birthday you. yes happy birthday to 24 <laughs> 7 um in belfast which is actually where i grew up oh, cool. so that was fun for me and when we were there the strapline was the vision is still jesus mm. and i think at the heart of everything to do with 24 7 is that that yeah. um it's focusing our eyes back onto jesus and praying because that's who we want to encounter and that's who we want to see awesome awesome why 24 7 like why why is such the focus on 24 hours i think to begin with it was because that was something that was so unique and no one was actually Mm. doing pete mentions um that like the only people he knew who were praying non-stop were in south korea Mm. like it's such an unusual concept that you would pray without stopping Mm. and so i think to begin with it was just a little bit of a challenge Mm. but more and more people decided that this is something that they wanted to do yeah and we can now say that for 20 years someone has been praying somewhere in a 24-7 prayer room, which is amazing when you think about it like for 20 years there's been this non-stop chain of prayer and right now even as we're talking there are people praying in 24 7 prayer rooms and that is remarkable and so i think that is the core of who we are and what we do Mm -hmm. that um it's about setting up the challenge of what would it look like for and it's always a community Mm. it's not something that we've ever said like you have to do this on your own um as a community you're joining together and you're praying and so i think that's where and the name came from yeah i i first came across 24 7 when i was in uni not too long ago um <laughs> and i remember you know everyone was like okay who wants to do what a slot and it's always like to, like up yeah. till 12 you're yeah. like yeah sure and then after that you're like hmm. <laughs> it's those middle of the night slots right that really get you um i came across 24 7 when i was a teenager mm-hmm. when i was 18 years old um i went with a bunch of my friends and our not youth leader but wanted to help us to encounter God Mm. leader took us into this space in central Belfast and I remember walking in and it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before Mm. it was beautiful like the room was decorated and I was Mm. like wow what is this and then the stations just helped you to encounter God there was Mm. a map on the wall there was a station where you could like wash your hands and say sorry Mm. and that interactive creativity was something that just absolutely captivated me as an 18 year old and Mm. we arrived at 9 p.m and me and my friends prayed all night like literally through the night and our wannabe youth leader slept (laughs) like she literally fell asleep (laughs) and we just stayed up all night praying and it was so much fun Mm. and so that was what 11 years ago Mm -hmm. and i've been in and out of prayer rooms ever since yeah that's that's incredible (laughs) Like you said, though, it it is an unusual concept, or at least was when it was first birthed. But should it be? That's kind of like an interesting question. Like, like, right? Why? Why does it? Why did it take? You know, Pete Gregg to be like, you know what? We should probably pray Mm, (laughs) for mm. for like the church to kind of be like, yeah, we should pray. Right. I think from what I've learned by working at twenty four seven, I've learned that prayer is hard Mm. (laughs) like we come across people all the time and they're just asking how do I communicate with God Mm. and I think 
the stereotype for non-Christians as well as Christians is that it's closing your eyes Mm. and talking. And that's not something that comes naturally to us as humans. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not how you have a conversation. And so I think what I love about 24-7 is that it breaks the boundary of, like, what prayer is. Like, it defies that stereotype Mm. that prayer just has to be closing your eyes and sitting very still Mm, (laughs) i love that prayer is creative and you can encounter god in all sorts of different ways and i think the thing with 24 7 is that it really started to unpack that yeah and as we've grown as 24 7 prayer we now have prayer rooms all over the world and we're not just doing prayer rooms like we have a bunch of resources that help Mm. people pray we have a website that helps people pray we're constantly meeting people who are stepping outside of their churches to um pray on the streets and i think that is the thing that is really at the heart of who we are and what we do that it's not just there's not one way to pray just like there's not one way to have a conversation definitely and i guess like we, we both talked about, you know, how when we first kind of got in, in touch with 24-7, like, separately, yeah. and obviously we've had prayer experiences outside of that as well. Mm. And I think there's a thing where, like, early on it's quite, like, it's like you said, it's exciting. It's like, mm. wow, like, I'm praying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there are times where it can get a bit, like, hard, like you said. Right. Like, it can be a bit dry. Like, could you speak to that and, like, talk about, you know, how... What is it, what is that even about? <laughs> why why does prayer feel so hard sometimes, and how do you push through that? I think that's a really good question, and I think it's one that you spend probably most of your life trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. And I think so often prayer feels hard because there isn't necessarily one way that seems to get you know results. And I'm saying results in like inverted commas because yeah. that's not what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation with yeah. God just as it's a conversation with one of your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but so often when we sit down to pray, we're actually coming before someone who is ultimately invisible, like the Holy Spirit is present, mm-hmm. but we can't see him, her. And I think that there's something that can feel really challenging when you're saying God, I really want this thing to happen mm. and it doesn't. Mm. Or when you are really wanting to connect with God, but for whatever reason, it just feels really challenging. Yeah. Maybe you're tired, maybe you're distracted, maybe something's happened in your day. And I think it's it's just one of those realities that it can feel really challenging sometimes. Mm. And that can be really tough. Yeah. In in those moments for yourself, like what what do you do? How do you navigate that? Mm. I have an incredible community of people around me. Mm. And I think having Christian friends and being part of a church family is mm. one of, is the most helpful way to keep going and keep persevering. Yeah. Um, this year, I definitely had a few challenges where I prayed for stuff and it felt like the opposite was happening. Mm. And I was very much like god what are you doing this doesn't feel like it's the way it's supposed to work Mm -hmm. but i think the most important thing is to surround yourself with people who are going to keep championing you and also hearing stories of things actually being successful so like even when it felt like my prayers weren't being answered for one of my friends they were and so it's holding on to the truth of that 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 you know you can still see the goodness of God For through sure. other people, if not yourself. And it's also holding on to the 
biblical truth of who you know God is. Mm. So, like, the Bible says that God is love. The Bible says that God is faithful. And even when you don't feel that, even when it doesn't seem to be that way, I think it's just holding on to the truth of what you've read and what you know. Yeah. And persevering through that. And I think as well, we are sometimes shy with God Mm. when we don't need to be. God is our creator and made us. Mm -hmm. And so often we pretend like we have to be a certain person in front of God. Mm. Some of my prayers sometimes are like, God, I don't understand. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And even in just that honesty with God, I think there is, you're still praying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. (laughs) And I think there is something in just being yourself with God because Mm. God knows every single thought that comes into your head and knows every single thing about you. And it's pushing past the, I have to be a certain way and knowing you can be fully yourself and knowing you can be fully real. Yeah, no, definitely. I love what you said there. A couple of things you said, talking about community, that's so like integral to kind of, you know, what we believe that we are tearful Mm. and, you know, it's in the name that we, (laughs) um, and I see that very much like as a thread in 24 seven as well. Mm. We were just talking literally just before we started recording, we were talking about the different places that 24 seven is posted up and yeah. can you talk, talk a bit about that as well? Yeah. It's my favorite part of my job. So my job at 24 seven is, um, collecting stories and I love that 24-7 prayer is now all over the world Mm. and there are so many different countries who at different stages on the journey have joined in um with who we are as a Mm. movement and so now we have people who are praying in South Africa we have Mm. people who are praying in Canada we have people praying in America we have people praying across Europe Mm. um we have um a website which has loads of like pins in it of people who are currently praying mm. and the countries that pop up are just so vast so awesome. and it's so incredible to see and we know that looking at our website analytics that people access our website from almost every country in the world yeah and there is something so humbling about that but mm. also so encouraging that we are not trying to pray as one group of people based mm. in the UK but there are people all over the world who are in love with Jesus too mm. and we're all doing this together we're all part of a global community of people yeah. connecting with God and seeking him yeah and sure. I love that yeah do you do you feel that's something that the church struggles to do I think you know I, we, again we were just talking a moment ago we're talking about we're recording this in Guildford and we're talking a bit about how the churches have come together to mm. work on like youth events and stuff was, for me like growing up in Croydon like it wasn't always <laughs> like that happy happy mm. happy, happy sort of thing um church is quite works in silo quite a lot mm. and i guess you could argue you know globally the church is kind of guilty of that at times of just being mm. like well this is this is our issues and this is what we want to do mm. and this is how we're going to do it but what's the importance of broadening that and opening your kind of vision up to a mm. more global perspective yeah i think it's something that you can as an individual, get really carried away with knowing that you're right all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times do you walk into a situation you're like, well, I'm obviously right and they're obviously wrong. Yeah. And I think as human beings, we're all guilty of that. And that is like churches, individuals, mm. everybody, that we can very easily fall into our own little bubble of thinking like we're the ones who have it all sorted and we're the ones who have it right. Mm. But I think there is something as 24-7 prayer is an ecumenical movement. It's made up of people from all over the world, which means that everybody probably doesn't agree on everything. But that it's putting 
your sense of self-righteousness aside mm. to focus on what's actually important and mm. who is actually important, which is the God that's created sure. you. And I think there is, obviously, we all know there is so much brokenness in our world, mm. but the only way that anything is going to change is when people come together and focus on what's actually important. Yeah. And coming back to, you know, 24-7 prayer, I love that it's focusing on the God who is the creator of the world and made everything. And it's so exciting that by not thinking about, you know, pedantic theology, but focusing on Jesus, Mm. you get to encounter God in prayer and you get to, you know, see his kingdom come. For sure. And you talked a bit about the brokenness of the world. That's obviously something that we kind of focus on quite a lot in this podcast, Mm. talking about Mm. justice um, how to how to work towards that, how to end extreme poverty. Mm. What is the role of prayer within that? That is a huge question. <laughs> 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 um, 24-7 prayer strapline, however, is prayer mission and justice. Mm. And it's very core to who we are as a prayer movement, mm. that we believe that prayer is the beginning and it stirs us into the others. Mm. Like we start in a prayer room on our knees encountering God. But the mm. more that we encounter God, we see that the God that we serve is a God of justice yeah. who wants equality, who wants the world to be full of his presence. Mm. And so for us as 24 seven, we believe that prayer is a fundamental beginning to seeing the heart of God, mm. which is a God of justice, but then moving from that place of seeing God's heart to actually making a difference. And so yeah. I think that even though sometimes it can feel quite challenging because the world can often feel so vastly broken and challenging and there mm. are so many problems in it, that actually we can come before God, mm. who is all-powerful, and bring to him the problems of the world and ask with boldness yeah. that he would bring transformation but also that it's not just about asking god but also stepping out and doing as well there are so many incredible 24 7 prayer communities who are living out um justice in Mm. their communities so there are some guys who are based in south africa and they are working with um the most broken humans and the most like the lowest seen as the lowest of the low Mm. And they're just showing God's love practically every single day in loving them and serving them. And that is one of so many examples of how people have started by praying, but then realize that they have a part to play in being the answer to you. For sure. And I want to kind of rewind a little bit. You talked about finding what is on God's heart. Mm. Um, we, re- we released an article not too long ago, back in November. It was about the Yemen crisis. Right. And all the conflict happening there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a bit of, we had a, like a snippet of an interview from someone who was there, a representative from there. And they were talking about how the church needs to respond to like a call to lament. Um, mm. And lamentation is not a word that I hear like a right. lot. <laughs> right. Um, What's your view on that? Like, how important is that and how far away are we from it? Yeah. I think it's really important for us to align ourselves with the vision of who God is and to actually see ourselves and um, as broken and mm. to be part of that too. Recently at 24-7, we were talking about this actually, about how in America some of the church communities started by praying and ended up weeping at Mm. the brokenness of the world and ended up on their knees and it 
can feel quite intense when mm. you're talking about it quite abstractly. Mm. But then when you think about the reality that so many people are dying mm. and so many people are living in, in a way that God did not intend, mm. I think there is something that when you take that seriously and when you think about that seriously, that your natural reaction is actually to feel mm. the heart of God in that. And yeah, I definitely remember there being a time where I think I was at university and I can't remember what was happening, but I was in the prayer room and I just remember being overwhelmed by this sense of sadness mm. for the brokenness of our world, for the sense of injustice, for whatever it was that I was reading on the news at the yeah. time. And I just sat there and cried. And I think there is something not necessarily comforting, but something very much there's something very powerful when you experience yeah. that because you experience a little bit of like God's heart for that. And it helps you to go from that place into a place of prayer yeah. because you realize that it's important. Yeah. <laughs> you realize the sense of urgency. Mm. And I think that's something that is really helpful in a way mm. when we are praying for situations that feel so abstract yeah. to actually feel something and like you said yeah like it's so important to have that part of it and also the now what we're going to do part of it yeah and like having a whole lifestyle which i guess is like a lifestyle of prayer mm. is a lifestyle of worship is a lifestyle of justice right um so it's all this lovely beautiful circle when you put them all together yeah as as someone uh yourself you describe yourself kind of like as, as a storyteller mm. uh, how can we use that kind of skill within like I said like working towards justice within inspiring prayer I think when people connect with each other they are inspired to do something so when you're friends with someone and they tell you about for example a grandparent who might be sick mm. you are naturally more inclined to be caring towards that person and naturally inclined to pay them more attention and I mm. think we all have a part to play in using our voices to actually make a difference mm. when it comes to the stuff that we care about and my favorite thing is sharing what I care about and helping other people to care about it too mm. and I think that that isn't just something that one person who is employed to tell stories <laughs> can do everybody yeah has an opportunity and when it comes to fighting justice which is like a huge broad topic and mm. you can be anywhere on the I don't actually know what to do or this is the cause that I am definitely fighting yeah. for we all have a part to play in sharing stories that will mm. make a difference and the thing that I love about the way that God's made us is that we all care about different things mm. and so that we all can be part of pursuing what it is God's called us to. Yeah. So like some person over here might be passionate about one thing, some person over here might be passionate about another thing. And that is excellent. Mm. And in both of those people sharing what they love and what they care about and how they want to make the world a better place, mm. more people can join in with what they're doing if they keep talking. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah. I think that's a great place to end it. That's like some <laughs> jewels of wisdom. Right there, yeah. <laughs> jewels of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> um, if people want to find you online or anything, where can we find you? Yes, 247pray.com, 24-7pray.com mm -hmm. is our website. And on it, we have a whole bunch of resources to help get involved with praying for 
the world which is what we've talked about a little bit today, Mm -hmm. but also um, growing in personal prayer. And then we also have two apps, Um, not just one, two. (laughs) Um, So the one that's literally just come out this week is called Lectio 365. And it is a daily devotional resource to connect with God every day. Mm. And I started using it and absolutely love it. It's just a way to pause, to kind of just take a moment to connect with God every day Mm. and to see him more. So... Yeah, those are the things that we're really excited about. It was great to hear from Joe and all she's up to at 24-7 Prayer. What did you guys think about what she shared? Well, I think for me, my favourite thing about prayer in general is that it's, it's simply just a conversation with God. So I think someone, um, when I became a Christian, I found prayer very intimidating and very, like something that had to be like done in a certain way. But someone, someone said to me, you know, prayer is just a conversation. So actually it shouldn't be hard and you shouldn't be shy with it. Um, you should just approach God um, with confidence and honesty because that's how you'd approach a friend, um, a family member, and that's how you should approach God. And you know, if you're struggling with something, let him know because he does listen and he does care. So yeah, I really, I love prayer. It's like one of my favorite things to do every day. <laughs> love it um, yeah no, I think 100% on that and also I think I really liked what she talked about in terms of you know prayer isn't just about asking so like you were saying if you were talking to a friend or a family member you wouldn't just be like when, when is this going to happen when is this going to happen yeah. you'd be like okay like listen you've already asked me I've heard sure. you um, and also within that as well it's like part of that process is then you taking action as well mm-hmm. so it's all well and good for us to, you know to pray for the world which we 100% have to do you have to pray about you know these issues of injustice that come up and we present them to God but also within that we trust that God is doing what he does on his part mm-hmm. and then enables us to do what we need to do on our part yeah yeah I, lo- I like what she was saying about you know, prayer can be hard when we approach it too rigidly in terms of or we have to pray this many times a day, or we have to pray at this time of day, or it sounds like this. And I think we can too often just be on on the, on the same track with prayer rather than think about how we weave it more creatively and naturally mm. in, into our everyday. Because like you said, Kat, it is, it is a conversation, mm. but we sometimes read it like uh, treat it like we're reading a script mm. and we're ticking boxes. Yeah. We sometimes feel like whether we say this or not, God's going to do something or he's not going to do something yeah, so yeah. When, when you kind of escape the the kind of rigid nature of it I think it just it just opens it up into much more natural flow of prayer mm-hmm. I read a book a couple of years ago called Liturgy of the Ordinary uh, by Tish Harrison Warren which is a powerful name um, powerful. and it, it was a really interesting book because it was talking about uh, so liturgy is in uh, which is which is I guess in, in the same vein as prayer but um, it, how, how do we weave that into our everyday practice when when we're brushing our teeth when we're making breakfast when we're on the commute um, in a way that isn't rigid but just gives thanks for for all that God's given us and all that God is doing for us mm. weaved creatively in in our everyday which is an interesting mix of this still having kind of a structure to it but not being so rigid that everything has to be I'm sitting down in quiet yeah. time with my hands together and my eyes closed 
uh, like primary school um, and so that creative approach just I, I think just frees us a little bit from our kind of impression of what God can do when we're mm. defining what prayer should be and defining what, what God can do so that's all we have time for today thank you for listening in we'll be back again on the 2nd of March where we'll be hearing from Ivan Monzon an inspired individual working with at-risk youth in Guatemala City if you like what you heard today make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at we are tear fund